Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello and welcome to the Nile Nine podcast. It's myself, Niall, and Andrea Cleary here. How are you, Andrea? I'm good, Niall. It's a gloomy day. How are you? Episode 208. Woo! It's gloomy outside. Are we going to be talking about a gloomy album? Maybe we will. Slightly. Hell yeah. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the brand new, the debut full length record, but obviously not a debut really, but from Boy Genius, mm-hmm. that is Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers and Lucy Dawkins. A trio of songwriters and musicians who uh, started working together in 2018, originally, 2016. We'll get into all that in a second, but um, how are you doing? I'm good. I have a reason to be cheerful, if that is... Are we still okay. doing... I mean, have you seen the new Barbie trailer? Like yeah. The new one? It, just, it looks really good. It's my reason to be cheerful. I'm really excited for the Barbie movie. Um, I think I was a day late seeing it. I sent it to someone today and they were like, where have you been? Um, so maybe it yeah. came out yesterday, but I think it, it looks definitely great. came out yesterday. Okay. <laughs> this is- Tuesday on Internet Lad. I didn't see it till today either. Okay. Don't, don't worry about it. it looks I've seen great. the memes before I saw the... Uh, the video or the trailer for it. So. I've seen whatever memes have crossed over onto Instagram from Twitter, which is people putting their faces in the Barbie like poster and being like, this Barbie yeah. is a whatever. And those are funny. I enjoyed those. I presume that's an official uh, marketing thing that's happening. Maybe. I'd like to do it. Fair pl- this Barbie is a podcaster. <laughs> Barbie's okay, trying her best. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's my reason to be cheerful. Do I have Very another good. one? No. I, I liked the bit when she stepped out of her shoes and she was still on her tippy toes. I, I thought that was a very nice touch because that's what Barbies do. Um, uh, they're always they're always on their tiptoes. And I was like, when she did that, I was like, ah, it's Barbie. <laughs> so yeah, already thinking about my outfits for when it comes out. I'm not a pink girly, but I'll become a pink girly. 
Oh, well, you can dress it in blue as well. Dua Lipa's uh, playing a mermaid in it. Oh. Uh, she's dressed in blue. Okay. So that's what I, I was, you know, these are the things you pick up as you uh, traverse the interwebs mm. on a single day. Um, but I'd like to talk about the album from Boy Genius called The Record. It's okay. I guess we've talked about them briefly before in the context of maybe their original EP, 2018. What's the story behind uh, these three? I guess they became friends in 2016. Julian Baker and Lucy Dawkins bonded over reading uh, a Henry James book. Uh, They met backstage in a venue, started getting chatting, uh, bonded over books and became pen pals. Uh, And then a month later, Julian Baker and Phoebe Bridgers met and had a similar kind of email thread going about our art and authors and poets that they loved and the three of them got booked in 2018 together on a triple bill and uh, shortly after that they realized yeah we're actually very similar and we really like each other so let's make let's make go to the studio and see what happened and they decided to write one song that one song became six and that became the basis of the original uh, ep that they released in 2018 on monitor records um, and since then, each of them have released an album. Phoebe Bridgers, probably most famous of the three, 2020's Punisher. Uh, Lucy Dawkins released Home Video 2021. Julian Baker, Little Oblivions of 2021. And in June 2020, it was when uh, they, after Phoebe had just finished uh, Punisher, uh, she sent Lucy and Julian a demo of Emily, I'm sorry, and asked if they could be a band again. Uh, and that was met with a kind of positive response. Julian made a Google Drive folder. I hate Google Drive. <laughs> uh, called Dare I Say It? And everyone flooded with potential songs. So uh, <laughs> I love in the bio, it's like, uh, it makes a pointed uh, thing of saying the first day thing Boy Genius did after getting vaccinated <laughs> last April was uh. to meet up and write music together. And that's where the record comes in. And the, the first four songs were written individually, separately from each other. And then the rest were uh, written together after that. And sometimes each person takes a verse and writes their own version. But uh, the album was recorded in January 2022. Uh, Shangri-La in Malibu, 10 hour days every day for a month. Nobody questioned the schedule. Uh, Julian says we are all at least one type of the same psycho, the Venn diagram overlap, overlap in every day for a month. So they had no problem with that. So then five years, nearly five years after the uh, EP, well, four and a half kind of probably, um, the record arrived last Friday. It's been a busy, it's been a busy week for for records and, and this is top of the charts. This really feels like a big event record, certainly. I'd seen a lot of hype about this in advance mm. of uh, it coming out. I do think it's interesting as well, to, worth noting that the people that were involved in it, uh, the team, um, Jay Soms, Melina, 
on Dirte on bass, Autolux, Carla Azar on drums, uh, Sarah Tudson, who's in Illuminati Hotties, was the engineer on the record, and Catherine Marks was on co-production. So all female um, production team and uh, players as well, along with the three. So, I mean, we we decided we wanted to talk about this because, um, well, you had a visceral, literally <laughs> a, a very immediate reaction to uh is it a spoiler alert if you tell me what song it is? No, I don't or, think so. I mean, I'm assuming if people are listening to this uh, this podcast episode that they've listened to the album. If you haven't, maybe go listen to the album first because there are one or two moments on it that are worth kind of experiencing for yourself. So that's your little spoiler warning. Yeah, I texted you and I said something along the lines of, Niall, this is the first time I've cried or an album has made me cry in years, um, which is true. Um, and it was that, um, very shocking moment during the last song, uh, Letter to an Old Poet, where the melody of me and my dog comes back and the lyrics are a little bit changed and the perspective's a bit changed. And I just like, it wasn't like I was feeling sad or melancholy or it was anything that even necessarily in the lyrics. It was just that like, it gave me such a like is is a fright the right word? I don't know. It just hit me, and I was like, "Oh God!" And then I and then there were tears coming out, and I was like, "Oh, this is embarrassing." I'm crying over a boy genius. Well, you, you were at home. Were you at home? When this I was happened? at home. I was alone, um, and it's how I would have wanted it to be. <laughs> like, well, funny enough, this is something we talked about last week with Lana Del Rey mm. uh, interpolating one of her old songs, uh, "Venice Beach," uh, right? Uh, in Venice Beach, um, and that's. So this has happened again on the last track of this album. Isn't that so interesting? That was like, that was when, when I collected myself after it, I was like, but Lana just did that last week. It's so, it's so interesting yeah. that there was the same idea there, the same placement on the album and everything. Um, last song, yeah. Last song, incredible. Yeah. What was your reaction to, maybe we'll just start with that moment, that song. Did it take you by surprise or was it a nice kind of return for you? I think Me and My Dog was my favourite song on the original EP. Mm-hmm. So it's nice and subtle, though, I thought. Like, it kind of kind of slowly takes over and you're like, oh, that's, oh, I know this. Mm. <laughs> so it it's, it's not like, uh, yeah, where the Lana one feels more like, oh, I know this song immediately. This is like, hey, this is like, oh, it's that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I guess it did come out five years ago as well, so. Maybe I haven't listened to that song myself that much yeah. uh, recently. But, and I guess uh, I I, yeah. I can imagine that Boy Genius fans have been rinsing me and my dog a lot more than Lana Del Rey fans have been rinsing Venice Bitch. Like Lana has released a lot of music even since that album came out in 2019. So it's yeah. kind of the 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 lack of music we've gotten from Boy Genius has meant that we we all know those six songs from that first EP, but particularly Me and My Dog, which I think like, you know, the fan favorite, it's everybody's favorite. It's the big one at the shows. And yeah, there are fans who probably listen to it like what, hundreds of times, thousands of times. And then just to have that as like a little kind of acknowledgement that like, yeah, we also think that song is good. <laughs> you know, we're also proud mm-hmm. of that song. Yeah. Um but yeah. So the yeah the album. What I what I noticed about the album before I listened to it, I saw a lot of hype about it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the days leading up to release, a lot of uh, 
big reviews, uh, very positive uh, album reviews. A lot of five-star reviews. statements. Yeah. Yeah, like saying this is the album that you uh, we were hoping for, but it's better than that, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, loads of it. Um, so I guess the immediate question to ask is, how do you think this all works for you as a debut album from the trio? I guess... For me personally, it's it's always interesting to have three very distinct songwriters working together. I think they manage each of their own um, sounds pretty effectively, actually, throughout this. Um, the only thing I will say that I think Phoebe Bridgers has such an identifiable style, and it's not just a songwriting style; it's like um, it's a it's it's a it's a to- tone as well and some of her songs really stand out because of that mm-hmm. and i think the others uh and julian picker's the same as well they both have very distinct they actually all have distinct styles but uh, i think i feel like the bridgers ones the bridges led songs are are maybe more identifiable in that way and said that i think it has some of um the best songs in this kind of sphere for a long while I think there are great tracks on this. Uh, Emily, I'm sorry, is uh, one of those ones that just keeps repeating on me in a in a nice way, um, just in my head a lot. Um, and tracks like uh, Satanist, um, I love that song. Yeah. Uh, so it really feels like a broken social scene song, one of my favorite bands as well. I love the way it kind of... Uh, there's a lot of screaming on this record, mm. which is good. Well, there's there's two big songs with scream with screaming on it. Uh, I love how the song kind of lopes itself towards the end. Um, so can we talk a bit about? Uh, so what do you think of it? How did you how did you find this? Yeah, so I was slightly blindsided by it because I forgot the album was coming out, um, and then friend of the show Carlo texted me and said, "You know, it's out. Have you listened to it yet?" And I was like, "No," so rushed to listen to it. Um, but because I didn't know it was coming out, I also missed the kind of review cycle. I'd missed I'd missed absolutely everything about it, all the hype. So I really went in just me and the album, um, and I th- me and my album, me and my album, um, and. It really, really works for me. Um, a lot of it is for the reasons you said, the the three of them having identifiable and distinct styles is something that I'm relieved that it comes through on the record because they're a band, but they're also a super group. And I think the super groupness of them is uh, is a dynamic that I didn't want to get too lost. Like I like the idea that these are three individual songwriters who are choosing to come together and work with one another but they don't sacrifice their own identities i also agree that phoebe's songs are the most identifiable um i think definitely in terms of production um there's a couple of tracks here that sound like they could easily be on punisher i think emily i'm sorry is one of them um and is it is it revolution zero um yeah, uh, I I think that that also sounds a lot like the title track um, from Punisher. I don't think that's a bad thing, but I guess her being perhaps the more known of the three, like if you were going into this not really that familiar with the three women involved, you would probably have a good idea of what Phoebe Bridger sounds like, whereas Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker uh, it's conceivable that you haven't listened to their albums before. For me on the album, it's 
the artist of the three of them that I've listened to the least is Julian Baker. And she's the star of the album for me. Um, it really, it really kind of turned me or tuned me to her voice and her songwriting style. I haven't listened to many of her albums. My understanding is that a lot of them are quite acoustic. And I do want to dive in and see if there are, you know, rock songs like $20, like Satanist, um, like Strong Enough, uh, which is... Yeah, I think the the later stuff, certainly the most recent stuff is a bit more like that. Yeah, because I, lo- sure. I love that sound. I love what she does with those with those songs. I think like my my favorite song on it right now I think is not strong enough um I don't know whether that's I think that might be I I suspect it might be a Deka song but I don't know but I just think the three of them fit so well on and it really feels like the nexus of the three of their styles but Julian on that I think it's all three of them really yeah I think it's that one is all three of them I think but I, I just think that Julian just like shines on that one and yeah, obviously, I love Twenty Dollars is her song, and I think Anti Curse. She is that is that another one that she kind of leads here? Yeah, uh, Anti Curse is. Her yeah, song. I just love them, and it really it really kind of woke me up to the fact that I've been kind of sleeping on Julian Baker a little bit. So I should rectify that immediately. That's not to say I don't love the other two's contributions as well. I think True Blue is a beautiful song from Lucy. Yeah, Dacus generally has the kind of softer songs here. Yeah. That fair to say? Yeah, I think she yeah. wrote with Without You, Without Them, which is the opening acapella track yeah. as well. I'm really happy that they opened with that acapella track because I think that it really foregrounded their vocals, which are, you know, beautiful throughout. And the three of them have very different singing styles. Talk to me. Talk to me. Until the words run dry, we'll see I'll give everything I've got. Please take what I can give. I want you to hear my story and be a part of it. Thank my father before me, his mother before him. Who would I be without you? Like Phoebe and Julian, much more kind of like soprano voices. Uh, Julian's a bit like a bit less soft than Phoebe in terms of how Phoebe chooses to sing, and then Lucy, very much an alto, but like a really strong, like almost like jazz sort of tone to her voice, like very very beautiful, very strong voice, and the three of them together in that opening track just sound like a force of nature. Like they sound so, so brilliant and it really sets you up, you know? Yeah. That's Lucy Dawkins would sing that. i um, doing the dishes apparently. So mm. get Lucy to do the dishes and that's what she'll sing. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I mean, in terms of whether or not it lived up to my expectations, I think it definitely did. I didn't know what to expect going into it. Cause I think with the, with the EP, I think the EP was definitely more, um, there was more of a sense of cohesion. Maybe they were written at the same time. Yeah, there was a a stronger sense of cohesion on the EP. Now there's four fewer songs on the EP, but I I don't 
point that out necessarily as a criticism of the album because I like that they've kind of stretched their wings a bit. You can kind of feel those five years and the different sort of avenues that they want to explore in their in their own music and in their music together and that this is kind of this project is a bit of a playground to try those things out you know we've had Phoebe Bridgers scream on one song before on Punisher on the last track I know the end but like we get her doing it twice here um and I hope that that's an indication that her music is gonna maybe lean a bit heavier in the future because I think she sounds great doing it I really like the record I think it's great um I think that there's there's a strange I I went kind of snooping around to see what the reaction was kind of away from the papers and the big kind of music press and stuff and I I I find that there's a kind of a strange reluctance from some people to like this record and it's you know it's partly I think backlash to something getting five stars you know there's always going to be like a a a strong reaction to that and and yeah, but I find the the reluctance to kind of, I don't know, maybe take the three of them seriously as a band interesting. I've read some interesting like blogs and sub stacks. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, that, I mean, I wouldn't, not that I wouldn't usually pay attention to sub stacks. I love newsletters, but like I wouldn't have paid attention to them if I didn't see them having a degree of virality online, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's probably bringing us into what I wanted to kind of talk about around this album, which is the sad Mm. girl trope. But before we do that, I mean, we can wrap up what else we think about this record. I mean, were you were you surprised by it? Disappointed? What was your? Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I was surprised. It's kind of it kind of feels exactly what I thought might what I might get from this. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe. Yeah, I I guess it's good. Like on reflection, I I'm happy that it's you can identify all three styles here. I'd rather be oh they're doing a whole new thing because they're very distinctive and that's fine. And I think it's it's great. I think probably there's another there's scope here for another album, which is great. Yeah, for sure. And I think I'd love to hear them all get in a room together. Obviously, look. One of the things that we've mentioned before, and you kind of forget to mention it, like some of this music that we're still talking about is pandemic music, you know, like it's it was written separately from each other when they got together to record it. Some of it was already done. They're bringing songs on, you know, from a Google Drive together. I'd love to hear what comes next after this and mm-hmm. see how that works and see. Uh, I think the playing is really lovely on it. I think yeah. there's some great, the drums are brilliant. The drums really stand out to me as well. That's uh, Auto Lux's Carla Azar. Uh, on drums um, some great bass playing as well from Jay Soms and Melina Duterte I don't know how to pronounce that but um, yeah like uh, my favourite ones are the ones I like uh, probably rock out the most yeah <laughs> like I think I'm, I'm there as well except for Cool About It which is I think my favourite song on the record which is the the kind of Paul Simon yeah well it's, it is it interpolates the boxer yeah. by Simon and Garfunkel absolutely um, Met you at the dive bar to go shoot some pool Make fun of the cowboys with the neck tattoos Ask you easy questions about work and school 
I'm trying to be cool about it Feeling like an absolute fool about it Wishing you were kind enough to be cruel about it Telling myself I can always do without it Knowing that it probably isn't true I, I think that song is so beautiful. I think the I think the lyrics in it, um, I, yeah, I guess we haven't really talked about the lyrics in the record, but I think the lyrics in Cool About It are just so, um, I guess, indicative of the style of songwriting that the three of them are so, so good at, um, which is that almost kind of diary entry, confessional yeah. sort of thing. You know, there's lines on it like, I took your medication to know like what what it's like and now I have to act like I can't read your mind and that comes from Phoebe it's a it's it's a beautiful line it's something that evokes so much um just a lot of pain and the melody so beautiful and all three of them I think sound best on that track I mean we don't get a lot of um julian baker's soft vocals on this record and this is kind of one of the only instances where we really feel that from her that sort of vulnerability she opens the song um i think the three of them are at their best in this one and cool about it but i agree with you my favorite songs are the ones that rock out they're like twenty dollars is so good not strong enough is so good like, nice, not strong enough. The the bridge, the always an angel, never got into the big glass courses. Yeah, that's the lift off on this on this record. That's yeah. the one that is like you and how it's Lucy Lu- Lucy comes in and kind of takes the chorus melody yeah. like just just before you come in on the one. It's. so good like yeah it is the liftoff that's exactly it yeah it's amazing yeah, that song is a reference or response to cheryl crow's song strong enough um so yeah yeah it's got cheryl should we, crow. Should we listen to a bit of it's that got Sher- cheryl crow energy for sure gonna feel like hell tonight the tears of rage i cannot buy i'd be the last to help you understand are you strong enough to be my man? My man. Nothing's true and nothing's right. 
Just a brief inspiration there for uh, for that track um, from Boy Genius. That's Cheryl Crow. A moment for Cheryl Crow. Like she's not someone I listen to a lot, but whenever I hear her, I'm like, man, she's got a voice, doesn't she? She's amazing. I'm gonna listen to Cheryl Crow this evening. I think. Um, I was thinking about her her first song that came out recently. uh, All I want to do. I was like, that was such a good song. What a banger! Um, Great song. Nice. Nice to see a reference like that now. Yeah. Um, coming up, Cheryl so. Crow, yeah. Paul Simon, and Leonard Cohen together at last and, on the Boy Genius. And Elliot Smith. <laughs> and Elliot Smith. Elliot Smith yeah. on Revolution Zero. Uh, yeah. Uh, Phoebe Bridger says Elliot Smith is a big uh, inspiration for her. Some of the lines on that song. Um, Imaginary friend, you live up in my head, so I've been making music since you told me to do it. I just want to know who broke your nose, figure out where they live so I can kick their teeth in. So Yeah, and he was obviously the, the person she wrote the song Punisher about. Yeah. Um, do you, Did you know the uh, Revolution uh, Zero was originally titled, this This is just for you because I know uh, you're going to appreciate this, was originally titled Paul is Dead after the Beatles conspiracy. <laughs> That's amazing. They should have never changed that. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know what? The only thing this album is missing is a recognition that Paul McCartney died in the late 1960s. <laughs> it was replaced by a clone. Uh, I saw a nice yeah. picture of Paul McCartney at a baseball game last week with some baseball player, a little selfie. And he's looking good. He's looking healthy. Happy, happy Very for good. him. Um, <laughs> yeah, Leonard Cohen as well, obviously on the title song of Leonard Cohen. Um, a song about a, the three of them are in a car. Actually, she has a Tesla, Phoebe Bridgers. There uh, you go. Phoebe. Um, a woman of the people. Mm. Uh, with her pug, <laughs> Maxine, uh, heading back to Los Angeles. Um, and they were discussing great songs with no chorus. And Bridgers played her bandmates the Iron and Wine song. The Trapeze Swinger, which is 10 minutes long. Uh, she lost sight of the GPS and her bandmates didn't have the heart to tell her she was heading in the wrong direction, which uh, added an hour to the journey. So, uh, But they've taken that as a positive and wrote this song about it. I think uh, Lucy Dacus wrote this song about yeah. uh, that experience and, <laughs> and uh, the song Leonard Cohen. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a, great, has a, there's a great line from Lucy in the yeah. song. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in, uh, which is a quote from Leonard Cohen. And I'm not an old man having an existential crisis at a Buddhist monastery writing horny poetry, but I agree, um, which I just think is a nice line. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, think she's necessarily yeah. um, giving out about Leonard Cohen there. I think she's just say, call, calling him yeah. like she sees no, him. No, it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, <laughs> why not? I mean, horny poetry is exactly what uh, Leonard Cohen does a lot of the time. <laughs> it's I've, fine. <laughs> I've, I, I have a copy of one of his poetry books or a collection nearby here and a lot of it's horny I'll tell you that yeah um yeah yeah, I think I think there is also I mean a bit of a I I think the three of them have kind of always retained a bit of a sense of humor about this project um and you can hear it in some of the lyrics there like I I well that's the best thing that's the best thing isn't it about like somebody who has already has a career and then they come together because they can kind of feel a sense of relaxation mm. and, and they're playing around a bit yeah. with the uh, the interviews and stuff, dressing up like Nirvana for Rolling Stone mm-hmm. or, or the most recent one I saw was they were all in a bed and like um, dressed like they were in Versailles and yeah. nobody know what's going on there. But like they're just having fun and even the video for uh, Not Strong Enough has that kind of vibe to it. Obviously, there was another video last week uh, which uh, Kristen Stewart 
um, directed called the, the film, the film. Which is the three, yeah. So which is the really three, good. Uh, first songs that came out. So kind of a nice little. Is that uh, Kristen Stewart's directorial debut? Mm, don't know actually. I don't know um, either. No. Um, it's excellent though. It's really really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's another part about it, th- this album as well. Like a lot of it is uh, like it's a celebration of their friendship in lots of ways. There's uh, specifically a song called We're in Love, which is about that. Uh, yeah. It doesn't have to be. If you rewrite your life, my still play a part. Lucy Dawkins wrote that. Um, and it's kind of about her and her bandmates and the importance of their friendship. And, um, you know. I think you can uh, read True Blue as a song about friendship yeah. as well. Like it's easy to read it as a song about love. You know, I can't hide from you like I hide from myself. But I think it's also like you, you, you can imagine that sharing a songwriting process with two other people that are that you're very close with um, would also elicit yeah. those, like similar feelings to that as well. So. <laughs> the the backstory to We're in Love is quite interesting as well. Uh, 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 and it shows you kind of the, the change of the different dynamics that exist with the, in the group of three people. So it's here, Lucy sang We're in Love a cappella to Phoebe in Phoebe's bed on New Year's Day in 2022. They were holding each other's faces, a function of totally legal drugs. Uh, <laughs> Lucy was weeping and did not blink. Later in the studio, Julian thought the song was too long. In retrospect, Julian hadn't been ready to engage. When oh. the truth sang in the truth of a love song, she went away for six hours. Uh, Julian said, it's still a learning process to know the difference between being scrutinized and being seen. Then she came back. She was ready. So, uh, you know, not ready to totally engage with kind of the subject matter. I think that's an interesting thing as well. I think that's, that's, you know, something that they do so well when, when they talk about each other in interviews and in that song and then how they engage with each other's friendship. Like there's a quote from one of them. I can't remember which, um, when they're in an interview, and I think maybe the journalist suggested that when they were first becoming friends, the journalist suggested, oh, it's like falling in love. And one of them corrected the journalist and said, no, it is falling in love. Like you do fall in love with your friends. I I really like that about the three of them, that they are, um, that they're bringing this sort of aspect of female friendship and queer female friendship um, into kind of into love songs, because it's not something that you hear about in songs that often or kind of you know like serious music um outside of the realm of like pop music and the spice girls and things like that and and treating the subject of friendship and the kind of love that you feel for your friends with the same reverence and the same seriousness as you would treat um writing a song about a relationship um which has obviously been done you know enough (laughs) Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. <laughs> Throughout the years. But yeah, I love that about them, that they that they are very, very serious about their their love for one another and that friendship is not second to romantic love or anything like that it's just as important or maybe more important uh in their lives and that kind of comes through on this record and how you see them kind of interacting with each other um there's a i I love did you watch their they did that pitchfork overrated underrated interview no i haven't seen it it's really good um it's just the three of them like and they're it's kind of like watching three sisters in a way like they're they're they like pick at each other for like what the fuck are you talking about and like you know just yeah they kind of they, they just seem like three people that know each other so inside out and are so secure in their relationships with one another and in their friendships that they can kind of act in that sibling way where you're just like you know you just walk past your sibling and just like give them a dig in the arm or something. It's it's really really sweet. It's lovely. Um, and L- Lucy Jacobs says something about outer space, which I think I've have said for years about the sea, which is that she thinks that outer space is none of our business. And I actually feel that way about deep sea diving. Um, so when, when she <laughs> said that, I felt I felt really vindicated. I'm like, yeah, it's none of our business. <laughs> I agree with you, Lucy. But yeah, there's there is a lot of their friendship and their relationship on this record, which I think is is really, really lovely and really affirming for people who want to hear that reflected in music. Not everyone's yeah. sad because of a, a a jilting from a lover. But yeah. Yeah, I'm interested now. The the fans of Boy Genius have, are they greater than the sums of its parts? Is in like are people following like Boy Genius are playing here in Kamenem, Royal Hospital Kamenem on Monday, August 28th. Mm. Um, I would guess Muna, who obviously Phoebe Bridgers guessed it on, on that Silk Chiffon song. Um, I'm wondering if they, the fans are greater for Boy Genius than they are individually, or is it... I mean, I know Phoebe Bridgers is a big is a big draw. She played here, was it last summer? Mm. In um, St. Anne's Park, I think it was, was it? Yeah, um, it was a kind of an odd yeah. venue. Um, I, I didn't go to it, but I remember it was kind of a... It was a weird venue. Fairview Park, sorry. Fairview yeah. Park, um, yeah. So, I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, we don't, it's, her appeal is definitely bigger than the Olympia, but it's probably not uh, three arena level yet, but mm. it could be. Um, and there was talk about, you know, Boy Genius as well. You're like, well, the outdoor makes sense in the summer. Um, for them, I am wondering, like, it seems like there's quite a, uh, I mean, the great thing about it, if you are a fan of this and you're you're young and you're getting into this, you're like you've got three discographies to discover mm. as well if you haven't already. Yeah. Um. But also, yeah, there's loads of music there to pour over. But I think it is like it is that kind of. It's refreshing. It's refreshing because it is three friends and they're great songwriters as well. Mm. And, and you know that is it. I think what you're getting at they. It doesn't hurt that they have a bit of personality and a really good uh, uh, chemistry between the three of them. And yeah. they like to have fun. So in the context of that, though, you something else you wanted to talk about, which yeah. is kind of the other aspect of this, well, this uh, I mean, of their music. Yeah, I guess there's a sort of an elephant in the room around this record and around, I think, Phoebe Bridgers and Mitski and 
Japanese breakfast and there's a the the kind of the term sad girl music which I have used you know I've been a I've been a sad girl summer celebrant uh, for a few years now and I the the label itself I don't know I don't I've, I haven't come with any like you know very formulated um ideas in terms of like should we get rid of the label or should we you know reclaim the label or anything but it's just it's something that we allude to a lot on this podcast and I and I see people like the three from Boy Genius and like Mitski sort of say that they don't want their music to have this sad girl label but equally you can open Spotify or maybe not you and your Spotify, but I, I open Spotify and I have curated Spotify playlists uh, called Sad Girl Starter Pack, I think is one of them. And I get more than I one, yeah. you know, of these kinds of playlists uh, recommended to me because I mean, of you, the... Yeah, it's, 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 it's your me. vibe. It's me. Because <laughs> yeah. I do, I, mean, I like... I'm looking at it here. I like yeah. introspective... Beach House, Julia Jacqueline. Julia Jacqueline is the first Jacqueline, song on it. You know, Big Teeth, yeah. Boy Genius, Ways Blood... Yeah, you know, it's, it's all my girls, you know, they're all here yeah. and they're all sad. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess the the, the sad girl, um, I've, I've seen it used a bit to criticize uh, this band. Um, people saying that or commenters saying that this is, you know, the culmination of everything that's wrong with modern female indie music that we we just reward people for for their sadness or or that that's the only thing that we're celebrating them for and that it stops people from getting better maybe and i i i don't know if i quite buy that i think i don't to buy me, it i don't buy it yeah I think I think there's a way of talking about the sad girl music moniker without also making it sound like you want women to cheer up. And a, lo a lot of that music, a lot of that, those criticisms come across to me as why don't they just cheer up or why can't they just make music about anything other than being sad or, or anything other than, you know, taking antidepressants or going to therapy or whatever. And I'm like, mm, a lot of women take antidepressants and a lot of women go to therapy. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having music that reflects those experiences, do you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same. I mean, it's a double standard then because, you know, we've been we've been celebrating sad men for a long, long mm -hmm. time. And uh, yeah. I mean, look at look at Nirvana, for example, like the look at Elliot they Smith? actually reference it in the in the photo shoot. Yeah. Um, letter code as well. Letter code. I mean, whatever you want, it's all it's all there. Um, I guess you know. I guess uh, maybe the, the difference between those men and these women is that we didn't we didn't kind of invent this label to describe these men because there were already labels. You know, it's like the sad boy music. I I guess you could say that like Sufjan Stevens might kind of edge his way into like the sad girl music category or he might be the well, sad boy of sad girl music you know you can imagine the memes if a Sofian album is dropping it's like oh check on your depressed friends today you know th those kinds of things but uh, yeah it, it's interesting that they're 
that we don't talk about like Alex G uh, in this way. We don't talk about even someone like Hosier in this way. Like there's no, we don't have an equivalent for the boys. And I think that that is worthy of criticism, but also I kind of don't mind there being something that is specific about the women that are making this kind of music because it's women that are leading this kind of music. They're making the best music of this ilk right now. So I'm really mm. conflicted about it, you know? It's kind of a handy signifier in lots of ways. And it doesn't denote like any musical trend really. And look, if people are are um, expressing themselves honestly and creatively, then that's okay. Mm. And I think that's crucially you know people being vulnerable is the thing here yeah otherwise you're talking about artifice and people putting something on and that's not on really if you're if mm. you're like wearing a coat of sadness for for your art or whatever yeah. and like or people are telling you to remain in uh like depressed or whatever then that's not on nobody should be doing that nobody yeah should be i guess like that. i guess it would be different if the if the record industry was looking at the success of somebody like phoebe bridgers and advising artists to you know be a bit sadder but we don't I mean right yeah we have Lana Del Rey we have Billie Eilish we have Adele like we do have you know very very prominent and successful and I mean even to a certain to a certain extent um folklore and evermore from uh Taylor Swift were in the kind of the sad girl vein so we, I, there, well, I think if it's just a changing, like it's just a changing dynamic in mm. in the music industry and in music at large, because like a couple of weeks ago when we had May Kay on uh, from Vital Capes to talk about this, she was like, when we were in a band, no one was talking about their mental health, no mm. one was talking about how to look after yourself. That was not cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool now, and that's good, and I think it is good, and that's the difference. I think like when it's it's the women's time to shine in terms of music in this way, and. If that's what we've uh, latched on to, I think as long as it's, I mean, it can be so, it be okay to identify with that because as yeah. long as you're, you know, as long as you're not wallowing in like, and you're just uh, persisting with it um, for the sake of it or like, you know, it's like people misunderstanding what goth music is or what what like the people who are into God was like, oh, they're, they're dark and depressed, you know? Yeah. No, and like, or people... The goths I've the known in often my life said, have been among the most cheerful people. Like, I've yeah, had the like, pleasure of like knowing, the, so. It's like music is a regulation for a lot of people. Mm. It, it's an emotional regulation. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think maybe, maybe that's why I fall on the, on the side of like, that maybe this, this, uh, like the name for this, so-called genre is something that maybe it's fine for insiders to use it um but using it as an insult is um i think a bit telling of what it is that you're actually criticizing um that you don't like girls being sad um, i think that, that that that's a bit telling um i mean i've i've also seen some more kind of serious criticisms about this i mean if if you go through the sad girl starter pack on that Spotify playlist. I reckon the only woman of color. I mean, you might get SZA, uh, you get Mitski. I reckon that's probably about it. So I I do think that the sad girl aesthetic, the sad girl music aesthetic, mm. is like overwhelmingly white, um, and that is obviously a problem. Um, so that, I mean, that criticism I'm I'm fully on board with, but it's when when it's used by people to kind of to try to convince people that this isn't serious music 
um, because it's just a bunch of girls being sad on their guitars or whatever. Um, that ignites the little part of me that's like, mm, no, no, I, I, I would like to reclaim this actually. <laughs> and I identify yeah. as a sad girl fan, you know, these are, these are my Well, that's women. okay because, and that's, you're okay with that. But like, what about somebody like uh, a couple of years ago, James Blake came out and said, um, uh, the he denounced his tag, which was sad boy, actually. Mm, yes. Um, and used to describe his music. He said, I've always found that expression unhealthy and problematic when used to describe men just openly talking about their feelings, to label it at all. But we don't ever question women discussing the things that they're struggling with. Well, but James contributes to the ever, <laughs> yeah, the ever disastrous historical stigmatization of men expressing themselves emotionally. Mm, I understand what he's saying there, but we don't ever question women's feelings, isn't something that I would agree with James but I take it well he said the things they're struggling with as opposed to questioning their yeah no we just diagnose them with hysteria and move on but like um but I I fully take his point on on the lack of conversation around men's mental health but I mean I'd also say that the the sad boy label has not stayed around like no no nobody no. talks about I mean, that that's not Drake is the biggest proponent of sad boy music these days because he he likes to be miserable in, in himself about everything he does. Yeah, he's just not uh, as good at woe it. Woe is me. Though, is he? Woe is me. Yeah, no, he's not. He's just not good at it because it's not honest, right? It's like, yeah. it's just, I, I don't know what it is. It's Drake. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I do also think that if an artist doesn't want to be described as like a sad girl, maybe we shouldn't. Like Mitski's been pretty open about that. Remember there was an interview with, uh, was it maybe Pitchfork? One of them, it was like a video interview, maybe Vox, where she was like, I don't like that label. Um, mm. it, it's like, it's reducing my music to being, you know, oh, she's just a sad girl. Um, I wonder how many times I've said sad girl in the past 15 minutes. I reckon it's too I wish many. I had an, uh, <laughs> an AI editor to just clip them all together <laughs> for me. Oh, do you know, sorry, it's completely just intrusive thought. We should, um, we should do like a, an episode where we just get the chat GPT thing to write an episode for us and we just read it out. I've just had that thought now. We should do that. When we're really unprepared sure to do an episode. We'll I'm sure it's being done. I can, I can, what, could, what would you like me to ask chat GPT right now? Ask it for a review me. of the Boy Genius record. See, it won't give you that because it's it's not very good with uh, new stuff. It's only good with like oh, right. general. I can I can try. Um, I, I reckon it would probably just gather together like whatever reviews are available to people and just write something on that. Yeah, it is incredible only, though. Like it's very scary. Sorry, I know we're completely off topic, but the chat GPT thing is is very, very concerning to me. Yeah, I think it's I just keep seeing You a lot know of how it, I feel about progress in tech. Like I'm against it. Yeah. <laughs> at all at all junctures. I think the um what what's most most problematic is identifying what's real and what's not when it comes to images. The imagery stuff is mm. uh, on mid journey is insane. You look at the, the hands, Nile. Always those pope yeah, pictures. Yeah, I know. But even some of the hands, even some of the hands so far, um, uh, been very impressive. They can't they can't get hands right. So I I got like when those pope pictures came out, I got really obsessed with like why can't they get the hands right? Um, so I was reading about it, and it's apparently because like on a face. There's kind of only so many 
expressions a face is going to have and there's going to be a lot of little nuances within that but like a, a face can't like bend and twist right it's just a face and a head can only yeah. kind of go uh, like around on like a certain axis but with a hand you can do something like i know listeners can't hear me but i'm holding my hand in like a weird claw way right like that's that's odd yeah. but you could you are also looking at that understanding like yeah but it's a hand right the hand can do that but the ai is like I don't know. It's got a thumb and four fingers and sometimes it does weird stuff. So let's go. Um, and it's, yeah. it's really fascinating. I'm like obsessed with the, the hand thing and it can't quite get teeth right either, even though we all have like roughly the yeah. same amount of teeth in our heads, um, yeah. which I find really interesting. Anyway, that's nothing to do okay, with well, any of this. But. Chat GPT uh, is, has this to say about sad girl music. Um, the lyrics in sad girl music often touch on topics such as heartbreak, loss and loneliness. Many listeners find comfort in the relatable lyrics and the raw emotions conveyed by the artist. The stripped down and intimate nature of the music can also create a sense of connection between Jesus. the listener and the artist. Critics of the genre argue that it romanticizes and perpetuates negative emotions and can be harmful to listeners who are struggling with mental health issues. However, proponents of sad girl music argue that it can be cathartic and can some help people process and work through their emotions. Dude, that's exactly Ultimately, what I've been trying to say very <laughs> inarticulately for like the last 15 minutes. <laughs> Ultimately, the impact of sidecar music is subjective. It can be very greatly depending on the individual listener. <laughs> Thank you, ChatGPT, for that. For doing uh, my okay. job way better than I, could, than I ever could. Okay. Dear uh, Lord. I will ask it to write me a song in the style of Phoebe Bridgers, but I need, I need a source... Uh, okay, a Paul McCartney song. It's going to write the lyrics for you? Yeah. Okay. Okay, write me a Paul McCartney song in the style of Phoebe Bridgers. I walked alone down Penny Lane thinking about the days when we used to sing. The songs we wrote, the love we made, now it's all gone like a yesterday dream. Mm. Chorus, and now I'm just a memory in your heart. I'm just a memory. I wish that we could go back, but it's too late. I'm just a memory. Oh, just a memory. <laughs> Sun goes down, the night is still, I'm lying in my bed trying to forget the way we laughed, the way we cried, but now it's all gone, like a photograph, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Bridge, sometimes I wonder if you still think of me, do you remember the way it used to be? I'm lost in memories, can't you see? But now I'm just a memory, and now I'm just a memory. In your heart, I'm just a memory. I wish that we could go back, but it's too late. I'm just a memory, oh, just a memory. Thankfully, uh... Uh, no AI was used <laughs> on the Phoebe Bridgers or no, and you you uh, can Boy tell, Genius right? I, th I think ChatGPT is quite good at um at writing information. Maybe not so good at songs. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not um, bad. It's just a bit my first song, and that's uh, fine. ChatGPT yeah, is young, yeah. you Isn't know. Good? He hasn't, or they it they is. haven't had their their chance to hone their musical taste yet. So that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Do we have anything else on uh, Phoebe, Lucy, Julian, sad girls generally? No, I, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing them. Um, Are you going? I think it'd be good. Um, I'm, yeah, I mean, I hope to. I hope to. It's, uh, I'm going. It's a while away. I've yet, bought but, a ticket. Uh, August. So. Very good. Very good. Um, yeah. I I want to go see them. I think it, it's just down the road from my house here as well. So that always helps. Cool. <laughs> Provided I'm around, which I should be in August. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm looking forward to seeing them again. I, yeah, I guess I was thinking as well of better living. Uh, what is it called? Better <sighs> community, better community center, Obliv better something community center, better oblivion, better community oblivion center? community center, community center. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yes. 
Phoebe Bridger's um, album with Conor Oberst. Uh, Which I love. That was 2019. So um, another thing to throw in the mix there, I guess. But uh, yeah, I think I'd lo- I think Boy Genius Live would be really good and I'd like to see it. Yeah, so, I've never seen them before and I've never seen uh, any of them individually before. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I feel like I've seen Julian Baker at once today. Or am I just imagining that? Who knows? Who knows? Ask the it's AI. All, it's... Uh, we're we're all we're all a simulation anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yep. Um, <laughs> Roshi Murphy. Okay, well that's it. yeah, that's it for us this week. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking to Louise Bruton next week, I think, about um, access, accessibility, venues, and such. Um, so I think that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, what if Shameless people plug. want to support us, Niall? Yeah, if people want to support us, it is Patreon dot com uh, forward slash not or nine p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com why not just in case somebody's listening every week and they're like I don't know what Patreon is well now you know <laughs> fair um, enough fair it's enough. there for you yeah um, this week last week I gave away half price well I didn't give away but I gave a 50% discount on the Indie Sleaze night which is happening on Friday night this Friday in the Workman's Cellar um uh, funny enough, I uh, had a few messages from people who were like, why don't you put this on earlier? And um, and I fully endorsed that, I but agree. I can't because I can't get the venue. But uh, maybe if it goes well this time, we'll do it again. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But, I, uh, I'm, I'm at really a friend's birthday party that night. Um, and I'm probably going to, I'm going to try and convince people to just go to the Workman's. So if it sells out, we'll just go to the Workman's anyway. And I'll slip in and have my indie sleeves. Yeah. Um, and if it doesn't, I'll just buy them all tickets for her birthday. Um, but I imagine it will get your tickets now. Um, but uh, yeah, actually it's selling quite well. It's selling quite well. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's the hottest, could be sold the out. hottest night in town. Um, oh, also I saw that there's, no- there's nostalgia some, is a powerful drug. Yeah, for sure. There's like a sober rave <laughs> on, on Saturday. Saturday. Really yeah. In the complex, uh, in Dublin, there's, um, yeah. Oh, Robbie Kitt, Marcus O'Leary, uh, mini kimono are playing in the complex on Saturday that's great. from seven to 10. I love to see that. It is 20 quid. It's expensive enough now. It's 20 quid. It but is. That's the nature but you're not spending money on drink. On without alcohol. So, absolutely. You know. Absolutely. I'm also DJing in Fidelity on Saturday, playing very much nothing like I'd be playing Friday. Okay. I'm going to be playing some very chill, relaxed music from literally I've been really enjoying this the last few weeks I've been going through uh, my record collection and iTunes and stuff and just discovering old old music because I have I think my record or my say my iTunes collection started like in 2010 or 2080 no 2008 maybe so I have mm. that much music on it and it's all in the cloud or whatever so going back to stuff um, from a number of years ago and kind of rediscovering has been really lovely. Cool. Um, I made a I, I made a, uh, a Spotify playlist out of it, which I may share on Patreon actually um, when I'm finished. Do you know I'm one of those people that has to go from A to Z before I can like put put the thing down. Mm-hmm. So I'm still only on like F or something. I'm like, okay, I have so much more, but I'm not gonna. I might not get to all of it, but I've been really enjoying it. It's been a nice way to like go back and rediscover things that. Because you're always, I'm always listening to new stuff all the time, unless it's DJing. That's why I love DJing so much, because you're like, great, I can go back uh, and listen to I, whatever I want. I once had a hard drive, like an external hard drive. It was, like, I think, two terabytes, just music on it. And it just, 
I think I left it beside something that was hot or near a laptop that overheated or something and it fried it entirely and I've never quite gotten over it like there's 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 music that I will never ever hear again because I don't have access to that it's it's devastating um but I mean it just would have been a load of Fisher Spooner to be honest and like (laughs) so when when you played that track at the end of last week's episode I was like oh I missed that hard drive had some good good shit on it but um yeah sad times oh well look new start (laughs) sadder than ever yeah um it's out there somewhere waiting for you to rediscover it. You just have to I hope so. remember it. Yeah. Very of the time. But yeah, that's the Indie Sleeves Night. That's Friday night and uh, Fidelity Saturday. You anything you want to plug? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing going uh, on. So I'm in my cave. Abs- I'm uh, I'm I'm researching at the moment. So yeah, I'm in my cave. Yeah. I will be writing a newsletter this month. So newsletter people. Hi, I'm sorry. I still love you. I will be back um, and I'll be writing a little bit about something uh, this month. So that's andrea-cleary.ghost.io if you want to check it out. And, you know, while you're checking out newsletters, uh, Louise Bruton, who will be on next week, also has a newsletter about um, like kind of access in Dublin venues and things and yeah, Legless in Dublin. Legless in Dublin. Um, it's a Substack. You can get Legless in Dublin dot Substack dot com. Um, we'll be talking to her next week about access issues. Yeah, and go swat you know, up before issues. the episode, yeah. and then you'll come in. Yeah, no one knows. So, right. Okay. Okay. That's it from us this week. That was Boy Genius, the record, and you've been Andrea Cleary. I have. I've been Nine or Nine. Bye. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.